Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. All right. Well, I guess I can officially say, because it's, you know, December now, I can say Merry Christmas. I mean, that's exciting. I love this time of year. Um, I promise I won't do this to you every Sunday or anything like that, but I had to get it on today and just get going. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I'm excited about the conversation that we're going into. I, I'm, uh, um, I've been challenged through it. Um, this time of year is always exciting when you're sermon prepping because it, it's just a time, it's a, such a great reminder of the gift that we have in Jesus. The gift that we have in Jesus, and I love, I love, I love getting people's, um, just an opportunity to prepare our hearts to receive the gift of what Christmas is all about, Jesus. It's an exciting time, and I also love Easter. It's just the gospel, like just so pure and true. It's just my thing. So I'm just sharing that with you guys. I really love this time of year. Um, it's something that's very special to me. And so um, I'm praying that this uh, series, this, this conversation that we're going into for the next few weeks will really be challenging, but also inspiring for you. But we're going to talk about the nightmare before Christmas. The nightmare before Christmas. I, I know, like, you know, when we, when we, think about Christmas, it's, it's usually like joy to the world and, and all that, and, and it is, right? It, it should be such a joyous occasion. I mean, we're, we're getting ready to receive our Savior, you know, we're reminded of all those things, but for many of us, it really is a nightmare because the things that we struggle with this time of year kind of just seem to come to the surface, it just, it just seems to come to the surface on us. We're reminded, um, you know, about things like, like maybe it's just some things in our job. It's like, oh man, I'm another year at my job and, and it's not something that I'm really being fulfilled in. It's, you know, maybe, maybe it's uh, something like I know with school, especially in college, I think this is like midterm uh, kind of time of year so that, that can be stressful. And it's just a reminder of, of just all this, this studying and stress that's on you and, and maybe you're not prepared or maybe you are, whatever that might be. Um, I know that some of us, maybe it's just even in our marriage, like we're kind of like another year along and we're not sure if we've really like done what we needed to do in that marriage to strengthen that. Um, There's just a number of things, finances. I mean, those can just be, what a big reminder. You know, you have the Black Friday and the Cyber Monday and, you know, you see everybody at the mall, like kind of throwing those bills out and you're like, wow, you know, I'm I'm not there. Yes, I did just do that. Very, very gangster of me right there. Yes, I know. Um, (laughs) Just seeing if you guys are with me, right? But maybe, um, maybe you're empty nesting too. You know, maybe you're empty nesting where like all your family is kind of starting to leave. They're going off to live their lives. And, and maybe in a year or two, it'll all kind of work together where everybody comes back home. But they're just kind of getting on their feet. So it's not working out this year. And that's a struggle. I mean, there's so many different kinds of struggles. A lot of us, we, we find ourselves another year older and a deeper in debt kind of thing. Like, like where we thought we would be at this age is just not really where we wanted to be. It's not where our dreams kind of told us we would be. And we, we kind of have this sense of failure. It can be a nightmare. I know. Welcome to church. My name's Pastor Josh. I'm here to encourage you this morning. But yeah, I mean, that, that really is what uh, uh, is real about this nightmare before Christmas. 
And, and I'll just tell you that in my own, this is just my belief. I, I really believe that the biggest nightmare that we have uh, before Christmas is being lonely. I believe that the biggest nightmare that we face before Christmas is being lonely. I mean, we just, we, we see, you know, Christmas is kind of that time where families are coming together, friends are coming together, and some of us are just reminded that we're just not in that spot right now. Or maybe we have some broken relationships going on, and, and it's just a difficult time. It's this, it's this in our face, everybody kind of seems to be happy. Why aren't we? we? We feel like other people have people. Why don't we? It, it's very lonely, and I think that this is the biggest nightmare. For example, um, anybody ever heard of a state, this is, really is a state in our country, North Dakota? <laughs> it's a huge field just out west of us here, and some crazy people live out there and things like that. No, but so my wife and I, long story short, we were living in Atlanta, Georgia, right? The ATL. Yes, exactly. Atlanta. I loved it. She loved it. But we just felt a leading to do something different, okay? That's about the best that I can tell you is we felt this leading to do something different and when God calls you to do something, he sends you to North Dakota. I'm just kidding. That's not, this is just what happened to us. And so we drive into North Dakota and, you know, we're, we're used to, in Atlanta, there's trees, there's cities, there's all this stuff, right? We drive into North Dakota and we, there's one tree, I'm pretty much in the, sure in the entire state kind of a thing. There's some rolling hills and a couple cows and things like that. But this place was just it was like the worst for us. I mean, from day one, we, we get there, and I tried being like Mr. Positivity, but it was rough. And I have a lot of good friends that live in North Dakota. Just not for me. That's all I got to say. And so we're, we're out there, you know, and, and here comes our first Christmas out there. And this place was, I'll tell you right now, a calm day in North, North Dakota with winds is like gale, gale force winds. It's like 24 miles an hour. You just walk outside and they consider that like a slight breeze. It's super windy all the time. It's just, it's just crazy. And so it gets really cold there. There's not like, I would say we get more snow, but I just feel like it gets very cold there. And so we're there. It's cold. Not much different than here that way. Um, but we're in this new city that we're not really loving. We knew that God had us there. We're, we're at a church. And we knew people, but we didn't really have people like close to us yet. And we were far away from family. And I don't know what it is when you tell everybody, hey, let's do a Christmas in North Dakota. You know, like it's just not a good sell kind of thing for, for family. I think you guys are seeing that I'm not a big fan of North Dakota. We get this, right? I'm just teasing. Somebody's from there, so I apologize if you are. But, um, you know, it just, we were far from family. And, and honestly, like, what my wife and I struggled with is, like, we had two kids at the time, and we had each other, but it just felt lonely. Like, Christmas just was like, all right, like, let's just kind of get through this time. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was great going to church. It was great being uh, encouraged by God's word and, and all the truths that come with Christmas. But, but kind of the season just was like, let's just roll on through this because it just seems lonely. It was very lonely. Now, that's in like a, a tangible way, but there's something that I learned in that season of my life with, with my wife and I is that I learned that you don't have to have nobody around you. Like it's not, loneliness isn't the absence of people around you because we had plenty of people around us. In fact, we were meeting new people, but it just wasn't at the point where we had like relationships yet. And we were surrounded by a lot of good people. Um, we had jobs, we had, um, we had a place at the church, we had people even like calling us up and things. So you can be lonely in the most crowded room, in the crowded 
uh, place in the city and your time, like I get that loneliness is this nightmare. And, and we all struggle with this in, in different ways. I mean, some of us, we're, we're just, we're lonely in our job. Like we're just feeling like we have no voice. No voice, and, and, it's, and it's a struggle for us, right? Like, nobody's listening to us. We have ideas, but we're just not at this point where, where anybody really is, is wanting to listen to us or see us or, or whatever that might be. Uh, in our marriage, again, I mean, this is a big one. Marriages, like, you can feel lonely in your marriage at this, at this relationship that you're supposed to be working towards oneness. And just a quick little side tangent here. Here's how you work towards oneness in your marriage. You both focus on Jesus and two points that are far apart, focusing on the same point, work together. They come together. That's the key to your marriage. That was for free, but there it is. Um, so depression, some of us feel so alone in our depression. And, and I'm, I'm starting to learn a little bit more about depression as I read and things like that. And I recognize that this is a difficult thing for people. And it's even hard to describe sometimes. You don't know how to articulate it to somebody. And it's a very alone feeling. You feel isolated. You feel like nobody can understand. You feel like you're the only one. And it's just a very isolated time. Some of us, some of us, I mean, you just found out about your illness, right? And you can have as many people around you, you can have as many people around you when you, when you hear the doctor, you know, show you that x-ray or whatever and tell you what this is about. But it's still your x-ray. And so you can feel very lonely in that, and that is a nightmare. Maybe you're experiencing loss, loss in a relationship, loss of a loved one, right? I mean, there's so many avenues that we can go down. Maybe for you, you're a leader, like you have a, a, a maybe you're a leader at your job, maybe you have a business, and, and you have to make this decision. And sometimes there's no great decision. It's like, you know, you just got to take Take one, you know, and, and, and it's very lonely. Some people just, you know, you, you can feel like you have a lot of people pouring into you and giving you advice, but at the end of the day, it's your decision, and you have to live with that. You have to have the consequences with that. So again, I say that I just believe that loneliness can be the biggest nightmare before Christmas. It's just a season of time where we, where we just are reminded of things like, like this, this loneliness. And I want to talk about a person that I really think gets overlooked in the Christmas story. All right, a lot of us, like we, we know about Mary, you know, Jesus's uh, earthly mother because she was his earthly mother and it was Mary and she had to carry Jesus. We know about the innkeeper because there was no room and there, you know, and he turns uh, Mary and Joseph away. We know about Rudolph because he had the red nose and no one had the reindeer wanted to, just seeing if you're paying attention, that's not really in the Bible. Or what about Herbie? You know, he didn't want to make toys. I want to be a dentist like that guy. Just a little whiner. We're going to do a series on whining. We're going to use him. I'm kidding. But yeah, there's, there's all kinds of people that we talk about in the Christmas story. And, um, but Joseph, Joseph is one that really, I just think that he gets overlooked sometimes. This is, this is Jesus's earthly father. And he really had some opportunity to feel lonely in a decision that he had to make and he had to overcome it. And so we're going to read through this today. And we're just going to learn a little bit about how we can respond to the nightmare, okay? And so we got to start somewhere. So, so we'll start with Joseph, and, and we're going to be looking in um, Matthew 1, uh, verses 18 through 25. But we'll just start with this. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, that means the Savior of the world, came about 
His mother married was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now, I want to stop there just for a minute because we got to have a little bit of this background so we can understand the struggle that was going on here. You see that it says that she was pledged to be married. In other translations, she was engaged. Her and Joseph were engaged. Now, in our culture, that means a lot of things. Maybe you're, you know, you put a ring on somebody's finger, um, you know, and you, you, you wait a few months and then you have your wedding, things like that. But it was different in this culture. What would happen when you were pledged to be married, it was actually more like a marriage. And, and what that was is that, you know, maybe your family would go and, and give like the three goats and like some gold or silver or something like that. And, and, and you would kind of work the, work the deal out with the family type of a thing. And then, and then the, the, you know, Joseph would have had to talk to Mary's family and they would have set everything up and they were really they were they were married without the intimate benefits of marriage I think we are all old enough in here to figure out what that is okay they 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 were really married without the intimate benefits that's that's really what it was and so for for them to be pledged this was a serious thing is what I'm getting at is like this was this was his wife this was his wife. And then what they would do is when the marriage would take place, then they would do a big parade through town and then they would go in and they would consummate the marriage kind of thing. Very weird culture, but hey, that's what they did type of a deal. So, so this, was a, this was an incredible, serious thing to be pledged to be married. It goes on in verse 18 and, and it says, but, but before they came together, Right before they came together, before they consummated the marriage, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. She was found to be pregnant. So here Mary is, right? Here Mary is. She goes off for three months to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, who also was the mother of uh, John the Baptist, right? So good lady, all that. But what a likely story, right? I'm going to see my cousin for three months. You come back, and now you are pregnant, now you're pregnant. I mean, this is a nightmare for Joseph. He, he didn't really know. It does say that she, you know, she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit, but Joseph didn't know that. All he knew is that baby is not mine. I have not been with this woman. She's been gone for three months, and now she comes back, and here's the story. She's pregnant. Everything okay, Eric? Okay, I thought maybe my sound or something scared me, man. When I see Eric coming up here, I'm like, I better straighten up or quit doing something, doing something. No. And then I make a bigger deal of it to make it even worse, right? It's awesome. Love it. Um, so here, here, here Joseph is. He finds himself in this nightmare, right? He finds himself just looking at this woman that he's pledged to be married. I mean, he had feelings for this woman. He was ready to dedicate his life, work for her, with her, you know, together, and, and pictured all of this. And then now here she is. He finds himself in this nightmare that just kind of hits him like a ton of bricks. He wasn't expecting it. And, and, and it just overwhelmed him. In other words, Joseph, you know, he really knows about the nightmare before Christmas. He knows about some of the nightmare that you and I face. I mean, it might not be the same exact scenario, but he knows about loss, right? He knows about that, that nightmare of loss. He can relate to that. 
Maybe, maybe you're just feeling so overwhelmed right now with just life. Just life, like you're not even sure what you're feeling overwhelmed with, right? But it's just that season that it's reminding you of this. Maybe your finances are just taking that toll, right? That's such a big one. People are funny about money and it really, it really weighs on us. Like I've been there, I know. Just overwhelmed and, the, and you're, you're stuck in this nightmare. Maybe, maybe you just feel like you've been forgotten or you've been ignored. That's the worst. We all can understand this and Joseph did. Joseph understood what it was like to be hit with this nightmare before Christmas. So the question would be, is how do you respond in the nightmare? How do we respond in the nightmare? We're, we're all there, right? I mean, like, uh, we, maybe some of us are, are just in a better spot right now, but we can relate to this, right? Like, maybe it's not just before Christmas, but we're, we're just kind of coming out of that season, or maybe we're just going into that season, or we're in it right now. Like, we can all relate to this at some point. So how do we respond to the nightmare? And I love what we learn uh, right here with Joseph, it's just incredible. So in Matthew 1, 19 and 20, it says, because Joseph, her husband, meaning Mary, was faithful to the law. Now, now I want to stop there for a minute and give a little bit more background here, okay? So, so Joseph was a faithful man to the law. And, and the law at that time said some things about a woman that would step out of a, of a pledged marriage of an engagement, it said some things that you needed to do that were very serious in, in this uh, community, in this culture, that, that, they were, that they had to do. And if you look at uh, Deuteronomy um, 22, uh, 23 and 24, I think I have it marked in here. Of course I don't. Why would I? Let's look at it up here. That's easier. Deuteronomy. It says this. It says, if a man happens to meet in a town a virgin pledged to be married, right? Mary was pledged to be married, okay? And he sleeps with her. You shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death with rocks. The young woman, because she was in a town and did not scream for help. Keep going. And the man, because he violated another man's wife. So there's a couple things happening there. You can see in the law that, that number one, they really did view that pledge that this was Joseph's wife. They, they, they viewed this in a, in a very real way. And there was consequences. And Joseph was faithful to this law. Like, I know that seems crazy to us. I totally get that. I totally get that. But in this culture... When you, when you lived by that law, that was how you approached these situations. So G Joseph doesn't just find himself in a nightmare of, well, man, this, this woman possibly stepped out on me and this marriage isn't going to happen. He's thinking, now this person that I love dearly and I care about is going to have to die. This is an overwhelming nightmare. Think he knew about loss and loneliness and, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine the motion. See, a lot of times we hear this or, or we read through this and we just kind of, we just go really fast because it's just a couple sentences. But really wrap your head around what he must have been feeling here. So overwhelming. So crazy. But we read on in Matthew uh, 19 and 20, continuing on. It says, because Joseph... 
her husband was faithful to the law, just read that, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace or death, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Right? So, so not only, you know, is Joseph faithful to the law, but now the, the guy's got a heart. He's got a heart and he just has compassion and he doesn't want to uh, lead her into disgrace. He doesn't want to see her die. So he has in his mind, he's got his plan set. Okay, here's my nightmare. Here's my nightmare before Christmas is that the, the woman that I'm engaged to, the woman that is, is considered my wife, she is now with child and I know that it's not mine. And the law that I so faithfully serve, the God that I serve, this is, this is what is required is that I take her and, and, I, and I stone her. He, he's in this nightmare and so he says, I gotta think of a better way. I gotta think of a better way. And, and when it says actually in this that he considered, um, oops, just got messed up there. But after this, he had considered this. When the word considered there, actually, if you look back in the translation, considered like you and I would think that we're just kind of like thinking about it. But actually, in the Hebrew, that actually means his mind was made up and he had already planned on doing this. So now he was in his plan. His plan was, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. I'm going to kind of wash my hands of this. She can maybe like move away and we'll just say something happened. I don't know what. He had these plans. Many of us are at that place right now. We have this nightmare that we're dealing with. I don't know if it's, it's fear. I don't know if it's anxiety, if it's lust, if it's greed. I don't know if it's, if it's loss or you do have this illness, right? Things that are, are a little bit out of our control. Relationships that we're dealing with, the financial things that we talked about. We have this nightmare. And we like to think that we're considering what we should do, but we've already made our mind up. And we're tired and we're exhausted because we don't seem to be going anywhere. Our plan's not working. In fact, it's destroying us from the inside out. We feel lost, we feel empty, and we feel what? Alone. Just like I can imagine, Joseph must have felt. We've already decided how we're getting out of this nightmare only to find ourselves continuing on this cycle. And we don't feel like we're free of it. Interestingly enough, the, the scriptures and the story doesn't stop there. We still have so much to learn out of this. So much that is just right here in the scripture. I just love it. It continues on and it says, in an angel of the Lord, so, so here Joseph is considering this. And angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's just so interesting what is said right here, do not fear. And a lot of times, I mean, I've seen this kind of broken down in different ways, and it's great because it's great illustration. Some would say it's like, man, like an angel comes to him in a dream, and that's, that's can you imagine if just like an angel shows up right here? I think some of us would be like, ah, like run for the hills. Like, I'd like to think that it'd be like, cool, but that'd be freaky. Like, we wouldn't know what to do. That's not an everyday experience is what I'm saying, right? 
And, and so there, that would be, right? That would be like some comfort, like, hey, don't be afraid. It's just me kind of thing, you know? But really what this is, is, is he's saying, listen, I want you to know that you've made some plans. You've made some plans, but they're not God's plans. And, and don't be afraid don't be afraid. Things are going to pan out. Things are going to work out. Like, this seems like a nightmare, but, but God is going to make this amazing. He's going to do something in this. And so, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Here's how you can test things in your life, Joseph. You have to know that this is from God. This is, this is something pure. This is something beautiful. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's from God. And, and, and the, the big lesson here that Joseph, Joseph had to learn is that it's not your plans. It's God's plans. And it's going to take some courage, Joseph. This is what the angel's saying in that, do not be afraid. It's going to take some courage, See, courage is not the lack of something to be afraid of or not the, the lack of kind of conflict in your life. It's having that and moving on in through that. That's what courage is. I love that. Some of us are in that season where we have to understand it's not our plans, but, but moving forward through this nightmare is going to take courage. It's going to take courage. We're going to talk in a minute, but I just want to kind of share a little bit more of that Bismarck story with you. Found myself, uh, or my wife and I found ourselves living out there, and we just really weren't thrilled about it. I'm telling you, the church was great. Like, it's nothing about the people out there. It really isn't. The, the church that we were involved in was great. I was working at a meat packing factory where I was patting hamburgers, like with the, you know, you put on the whole net thing there and you got your bib and you like work in a refrigerator that's like the size of this room and this like patty machine, you got like 90 pounds of beef and it just starts to smell weird after a while. I mean, not like it's rotten or anything, but it's just not a good, you know, raw meat and you're patting it, boom, 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 and you're packaging up and vacuum sealing that. I mean, yes. I felt like I really made it in life right there. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just working for the Lord one patty at a time. It was just one patty at a time. I'm like, dude, you called me to Bismarck, North Dakota, and I am pattying burgers. Like I thought I was going to be up there and, and, you know, like just walking down the streets and people were coming to Jesus and stuff. But no, it was one patty at a time. I just found myself in this nightmare. And so I started to have these plans of, well, I'm just going to like do what I can at this local church. and I'm going to work my way up and, and, and we're going to get involved with like many churches in town. And so I started to do that and just like one door would close after another. And maybe I'll try, um, you know, traveling around and speaking and things like that. And nothing was really happening with it. See, I had plans. I knew I was called. I knew I was supposed to be proclaiming God's word, preaching, teaching. So I was going to find a way to do that. And then lo and behold, one evening, I'm, I'm laying in bed, and I, I've said this a, a lot of times for those of you that know it, but I'm, I'm laying in bed, I'm almost asleep, and I, all of a sudden, this all's the only way I can explain it. I've never had it happen before, and I've never had it happen again after this time, but there was just this impression of Duluth, Minnesota. The city of Duluth, Minnesota, like the idea, the, the feeling, like just all of that just kept thumping, 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 thumping. So finally, I'm like, okay. 
either somebody needs to be prayed for there. This is a city that my wife and I had only driven through because I'm from the Upper Peninsula. She's from the middle of Minnesota. We never spent time in this. And to be honest with you, when I would go over like the Bong Bridge, I'm like, this place is kind of, you know, industrial. It's not really my thing. And realize like how beautiful it actually is around here and stuff. So it was never a city that I thought of. But as I, as I sit down and I, and I turn it over to God, right? I'm like, okay, what are you trying to tell me here? I take a notepad, I go sit out on the, on the love seat that we have, and I, I mean, this moment I will never forget, and I thank him for that, is I just wrote down, love every blade of grass, love every crack in the sidewalk, and love every person there. And I really believe that that's something the Holy Spirit impressed on me, gave me. And from there on, it just became a calling. I knew that God had a calling for me in a city called Duluth, Minnesota, that is so overwhelming. You feel so alone in that because now you start to tell the people you love, you're like, hey, um, yeah, you know, we have a job out here and like things are kind of going good, like we're working towards ministry, but I'm going to just leave all that. I have two kids and, and a wife and, and, you know, we're just going to head on over in a camper over to Duluth, Minnesota. And by the way, we're going to start a church. Well, all the people that care about you are like, you're crazy. Dude, don't do that. And all of a sudden the fear, the overwhelming, like, you can't do that. You got bills to pay and you can't do irrational things like la da 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 da, right? But it wasn't my plan. It was God's plan. And it took courage to go through that. And it still takes courage. It's a big task. It's scary at times. You, you, you just wonder if you're, if you're wired to do that, right? I mean, it's just crazy. And, and we can all relate to those times. And that is what the angel is telling Joseph right here. Do not be afraid. I, I get it. It's scary. I, I can't tell you how long you're going to be in this season. But I'm just telling you, it's got a purpose. It's got a purpose, and God is doing something. And that's where I want to go next, is, is understanding is that when you feel lonely, the truth that you just have to tell yourself, and I know it might sound somewhat cliche, but you have to know you are not alone. You are not alone. Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're not alone in this. It does take courage. You gotta step forward. It's gonna take a little bit of work. It's gonna take a little bit of your faith. But I'm not asking you to follow me blindly. I'm giving you a little nugget to say this is of me. Here's a little breadcrumb on the path to say the Holy Spirit's involved in this. There's something for you. But I also wanna build your trust. I wanna build your faith. That can feel exhausting at times, but it's meant for good. In Matthew uh, 1, and 23, we read, on, we read on. It says, all this took place, check this out, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this season, Joseph, like all of this, all of this that you're going through, all this craziness, this nightmare, it actually has a purpose. It has a purpose because I'm actually fulfilling what was said through a prophet. I'm doing something, and guess what? I'm using you. I'm giving you an opportunity to join me in this. You get to play a part. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it is so that people, not only you, 
I'm telling you through this angel that you don't need to be afraid because the Holy Spirit's here. He's in this. He's with you. But the reason you will give him name Jesus, the reason that they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with you, is so that in their nightmare, they can be encouraged too that they are not alone. That God is with them. This is a big task. And all of a sudden, this nightmare turns into a calling. It turns into a purpose. Where he felt alone, maybe outcast, isolated, maybe ignored, wondered, if, wondered what was going to happen, what he might have to do, all of a sudden becomes this awesome calling that was going to impact millions of people. Millions of people. They will call him Emmanuel. The purpose of this plan the purpose of this nightmare was to bring about Jesus, not only for Joseph, not only for Mary, but for you and I. There's a, there's a nightmare out there. I, I know that some of us don't want to raise hands. I mean, who wants to kind of share all that all the time? There's nightmares out there. I, I get it. I understand what this season can do. But we have to remember the purpose of this season. The purpose of this season is to remind us of Emmanuel. God is with us. And maybe the nightmare that you're walking through, you just need that one more step, and God is going to reveal. Or maybe you're in that, and what he's trying to say is he's just trying to say, do not be afraid. He's trying to remind you that God is with you in this, that you're not alone that you don't have to fear in it. And maybe that's where the freedom comes in. Joseph learned this lesson. And I just love, I love this. So, so what's the purpose? What's the plan? How do we respond, right? And it, and it just says right here, I mean, we learn so much from Joseph in this. I, I really just, I, I love this. But here it comes, Matthew 24 and 25. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do, or I'm sorry, commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son. And check this out. He gave him the name Jesus. He obeyed. He went through with it. And I love, I love how this, this translation, at least, it says, when Joseph woke up. And I know, like, I know that they really mean, you know, like he woke up, like he was dreaming and he woke up. But I don't think that he just woke up from his dream. I think he woke up to the Holy Spirit working in his life. And I think that's how we respond in this nightmare. Because guess what? Some things we just can't control. This nightmare may be, not, may be something that you cannot control. But we can control our faith and where we're putting our trust. Kind of have a three-part way that I walk through some of these things. That it's not easy and I don't get it perfect. But I give God, or I, I do what I can, right? I, I do what I can in the situation. So, like I said, if, if, if it's like, a, a, like I need to lose weight or something like that, I try to eat a little better. Believe me, I'm not on that, not until after Christmas, Okay. Right? If I need to, you know, maybe uh, I don't need another ticket because I've been running through stop signs to make sure that I kind of slow down or whatever, right? Maybe if I, I have a rough mouth at home, I try to 
bite my tongue, get a punching bag in the backyard, do something like that. I don't know. I do what I can do. I give God what I can't do. Right? I can't reach this city in his name by myself. You know, I can't, I can't always determine how people respond to me. So I give it to him. Very hard thing to do. I get that. But, but this is the process. And then here's the kicker. I do what Joseph did. And I trust God no matter what. And the way that I have learned to do that is to be woke up. Be woke up by the Holy Spirit, the, the real, alive Holy Spirit that lives within me, that empowers me to move forward, that guides me, that wakes me up in the middle of the night and says, Duluth, Minnesota, Duluth, Minnesota. The, the one that says, Joseph, do not be afraid. The nightmare is real. The Holy Spirit's involved. There's a purpose. There's a plan. You're not alone. You're not alone. Our response is just like Joseph, to be woke up. Some of us just, we just need to realize that we got to start trusting a little more. And, and it's like, how do you do that? Sometimes you just have to do that. That's the baby step. I just see a lot of people, it's hard for me to describe, but I see a lot of people that, that were waiting for this, like I kind of call it like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like that all of a sudden, poof, this pile of faith just comes on you and you can't contain yourself, right? Like it's this pot of gold just drops in your lap and it's just there. Faith is like a seed that we water and it grows and it develops. And the Holy Spirit helps us in that. Help Joseph. He was ready to kind of do his own thing, his own choices, make his own impact, his own trail. He says, it's not about your plans. It's God's plan. And it is gonna take some courage. Trust me. This is what we learn. This is our response as we get ready to receive Jesus, the Messiah, our Savior. Are you in a position, have you prepared your hearts to receive him this year? Just a thought, just a question. So what's our next step? What's the next step? What's next? Here's just a couple thoughts on what's next. You guys, if you can, do you want to just stand with me here for a minute? If you don't want to, you don't have to. What's next? Like when we hear God's truth, like what do we do? How do we put it into action? I think that there's lots of ways. Many of us are at just different spots. So one way, if you're, if you're seeking out Jesus and you're just not sure what you're thinking, you're not sure where you're at with him, I get it. And so does everybody else here. We've been there too. What I say is next for you is just commit to come one more time to a service so we have the opportunity to share him with you. And our hope for you is that, that you would realize who he is and that you would have a life and a relationship with him at some point. We want to help you get there. Your next step would just be committing, just, just coming one more time, hear another truth and see what he does through that. Don't be afraid. Take that next step. Some of it, I would just say, God's word needs to be a, a, a bigger part of your life. And don't take that as shame or anything. 
It's tough. We're all busy. I get that. But, but God's word is real and it's alive and it's important. And so maybe your next step would just be to take this story, right, Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and just read it this week over and over and be reminded about the nightmare that Joseph had and the response that he had through it. And then for some of us in here, I mean, there's, there's so, many, so many ways, but some of us, we really just need to be woke up. We need to recognize that God is Emmanuel and God is with us. We need to start trusting in that power and letting him move us forward and respond in obedience just the way Joseph did. Like, this is crazy. It doesn't make sense. But I know this is of you, God, and so I'm going to continue on. I know there's a purpose. Just imagine if Joseph would have given in to his fear his own way. Even, even just divorcing Mary, what would that have looked like through history? How would that have kind of tainted what God was trying to do? What if he would have stoned her? Possibilities. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for the story of Christmas and just bringing it to light in a new way, in a fresh way, in the first time ever, uh, a reminder, whatever that is to us. But Lord, one thing that we know here this morning is we all, I think we can all say that we want to be woke up Lord, we're asking that you would show us something new. Show us something fresh. Like, we have a lot of nightmare around us. Just see things that are happening in our culture. It's scary in every level. In schools, in the politics, in our local leadership. It's just, it's just scary sometimes. And we have other things like illnesses and financial things and seems nightmare and overwhelming. Can you calm us in that? Can you show us? Can you, can you give us that, that, that peace and, and show us how to get there? Thank you for pouring into us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that you're alive and you're with us. Lord, can you redefine Christmas for us here? Just bring it back to, the, to what it's really about. It's about Jesus. Savior and receiving him, that we have, might have hope, that we might have a good future, that we might be free from death and our sins, have eternal life. We thank you for that. Thank you for working in our hearts. Thank you for working in this church. Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. Next Sunday, 10 a.m., bring somebody with you. See you later. Thanks again for listening to the Engaged Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.